Hey, what's up, podcast? Kyle Burt here. You're listening to Dialed In. The following is part of a series, the Future of Work series. What does the future of work look like? What does it feel like? And what does it mean to these individuals? Enjoy the show. Step one is we acknowledge where we are, we do the best we can, and then we wake up tomorrow and, and have at it again. There will always be somebody stronger, faster, and smarter than you. Surviving depends on your adaptability to change. Those who are the most adaptable are dialed in. All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, we got another another great conversation coming up with you uh, right now with Ring Central and Toussaint Celestin. We do. No, it's exciting. And um, aside from being a, a, a Georgetown Hoya, he is um, the director of product marketing at Ring Central and um, somewhat of a rock star in the industry. We're like super excited to have him on board. Cool. Let's bring him in. Hey, w- welcome, Toussaint. Hi, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so jumping right into this, you know, we got, I got our first question for you. Uh, we're talking about uh, the future of work. We're talking about the Great Reset, talking about all these things that we've all experienced. And, you know, among all that, you being a marketer, just like us, um, you know, you could probably relate to some of these things. First question here, what is the most cringeworthy COVID phrase you've grown tired of? Yeah, so that's an interesting question. And, uh, you know, I think the first thing that pops into mind, everybody's heard it. So this is the new normal. This is the huge pivot point. Um, very often used phrase. And, you know, at Ring Central, and actually just to my mind, I, I, I don't see it as necessarily a new normal. And that's for a couple of reasons. Number one is I, I don't think anybody can really predict the future. Um, we didn't predict this. And um, I, I'm not going to pretend to have a crystal ball and tell you that it's going to be like this forever, for six months, for 12 months. I, I, there are reasons for human beings working together and being in a location. And I imagine those reasons will resurface once things do get to some semblance of normalcy. But, you know, if you look at it from a historical perspective, I've always had this vision of, you know, going back to the Henry Ford Model T days, right? This was a time where you had to have labor and processes and systems all in one place, all under one roof in order to get the job done. And I think from that time to today, um, where you have distributed workforces and you have much more knowledge workers than manufacturing, um, we've been on this slow, steady progression towards deconstructing the company. Um, And so bits and pieces have been put offshore or put to contract work or um, has been allowed to move in and outside of the building. And I think that trend will just continue with the advent of all the things that have been there since pre-COVID, mobile devices, a very fluid um, uh, migrating workforce, the millennials, um, a, a continued surgence in knowledge workers and a decrease for better or for worse with um, manufacturing, although we do see that coming back to the States. 
Um, and so th that's been a trend that we've seen since forever at Ring Central. That's been a trend that we've been trying to enable with our anywhere, anytime, any device solution for cloud communications. And we just see this more as a continuation or a dialing up of what's already existed. So new normal kind of makes me cringe because I think it's something that's been coming a long time coming. And I think it's something that uh, to say that there'll be another new normal or that this is a new normal is, is um, kind of begging the question. That's awesome. I, you know, it's really funny. We've kind of, you know, uh, to some, we've, we've, we've borrowed a little bit of the McKinsey phrase, which is the great reset, because it does feel very much like somebody came in there and they just like pressed the power button down and just held it for like four seconds and everything has reset. And um, I love what you're talking about, like the deconstruction um, and almost like a reconstruction mindset, because it really is like we do see like the paradigms of the past, the constructs. You went all the way back to the Model T, right? Like that's kind of smart, actually, to look at that from like the Industrial Revolution into like the mechanization, the mobility, the first mobility, right? <laughs> Automobiles yeah. and moving forward, how like we really are at that junction point where we're looking at the walls that have been created to contain us um, and to move us forward are coming down. And I think that's why people struggle so much with the terminology, don't you? Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel as if um, we're trying to grab, put our minds around um, what is somewhat unprecedented. And I think you're right, the, looking at the industrial revolution, that, that threw people for a loop as well too. One second, there's an entire industry um, around horse and buggies, there's a gentleman or a business that they really know how to make that horse whip, right? right. And, and they're trying to figure out where do I fit in this new Ford Model T world? And we're going through that revolution mentally mm -hmm. at work and as individual workers here as well. But, you know, the technology um, kind of pushes us mm -hmm. and, and everything from the iPhone to cloud communications and cloud communications isn't just you know, our technology, you know, Salesforce is a cloud communication, you know, uh, uh, tool. ADP mm -hmm. is cloud communications. We're, we're cashing our paychecks with our iPhones. So this is touching every aspect of our lives. And yes. we're just doing it from a communication and collaboration perspective. But it, it is reinventing the model. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, tons of reinvention going, going around uh, during the Great Reset right now. Um, I love that. Uh, I agree with you. Next question. Uh, what is the most surprising story you've had or heard since the start of the great? Re oh my goodness. Uh, so that's a, um, a, a little bit of a, of a toughie. So, um, you know, I, I guess I, I can't really, I actually, I'll give you two answers. One is, um, the greatest story that I haven't heard is has to deal with with um, virtual reality. I, I've been expecting, and and I suspect in in coming years we'll hear more about that. But I, you know, why aren't we putting on our Google goggle glasses and and kind of taking it up a notch and and having the ability to virtually connect with each other? The technology is out there. And um, I, I'd love to see more of that. Um, I, I might be um, I might be making my superiors cringe a little bit because we don't do that exactly. But I'm I'm surprised I haven't seen more of that in 
in uh, in the press. But I will give you a cringeworthy experience that it's a personal experience, and it ties to the heart of what Ring Central does. Um, and and that's all about making sure that you have a great employee experience and uh, customer experience. So you know the real quick you know pitch is we do message, voice, text that helps employees work together and it's especially great in this environment. But you also have to think about connecting with your customers. And so that's the contact center side. And that's also allowing customers to connect with you via social media. And my personal experience that was cringeworthy, and I'm sure all of us have had an experience like this, had to deal with buying a, a large appliance. I was buying a nice you know, stainless steel French door refrigerator from one of our big box retailers. And I had lowered my expectations. I, I knew full well that customer service isn't going to be what I expect in a normal times. But um, I still had a level of expectation. And long story short, you know, four or five calls later, um, all of them within, you know, taking within 30 to 60 minutes. And that wait time was not sophisticated. No hold music. Sometimes I'm just in a black hole. Sometimes somebody picks up, has no idea who I am, what my account number is, even though I'm a preferred customer. Um, long story short, it, it was a very botched experience. And this is a billion dollar company that does a great job with commercials telling me how well they're going to take care of me. But they really dropped the ball when it came to the customer experience. And that made me scratch my head and say, why aren't they getting it? Why aren't they using the tools that other companies are using? Um, you know, I've dealt with a hotelier who's allowed me to engage with them via social media, via text, who's actually leveraged all the tools that are available and you know what? They've retained my loyalty. This other vendor, I hate to say, um, really risked a, a customer, a longtime customer um, who's used them for many a home improvement project. I've probably given away the brand name there. But um, that's a surprising story to me. The number of businesses that have failed to adapt to um, the state of the state by not leveraging the tools that are readily, readily available to them. I, I thought that was, um, that made me go, hmm, and put a big, big question mark up there. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I think we can all relate to that, you know, that bad experience. And especially like, you know, those of us that can see behind the curtain and like know that it's like, it's really that easy. You just reach across and grab a tool like Ring Central, and you solve these problems, right? Um, like, you know, going through that experience and, and seeing that like all these companies that that are that have that that challenge of like how do how do we actually meet the customer where they are and how do we keep organized with all this data and like the struggle that they have right yeah i'll you know and i'll take that one step further i always I, you know i love bringing up my daughter but she makes so many great use cases for me um so it's a it's a two for one but i'm, I'm telling you um she had a similar experience with another big technology vendor and this was over the holidays and a tech piece of technology. It was a laptop, uh, um, broke. It, it, the screen broke because it, it dropped. And um, all there was was a phone number, which took a, a painfully long period of time to find on the website. And there were no other methods of trying to connect with the company. Mm -hmm. And I, I, tell, I tell you, I, like me, I'm okay watching a sports game and waiting for the 10, 15 minutes for somebody to pick up. And then I, I get back into a customer needing help mode. Um, she gave up. 
I, I mean, it was literally a matter of 60 seconds and she was just like, I don't know what to do, dad. And and she she walked away from it, but she had a very bad customer experience. Mm -hmm. And and um, I, I think um, I think many businesses are failing to realize that um, not having the ability to to connect via Instagram, via Facebook Messenger. I mean, these are tools that we have as part of our customer experience side of the house to complement the contact center. Um, these these are real dropping the ball moments where it's it's not just a one off. You can literally lose lifetime value and customer wallet share over over you know not just an hour but for years. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you don't have a strong brand like Ring Central or like Apple or like all the brands that people like love, uh, the less the less the less strength that, that's in your brand. The, the the higher the velocity of like one bad interaction, like I'll never do business with you again, right? Yeah. yeah, I think the lesson there is almost that like, if you have bad CX, it's it's like a silent killer. Um, if you think about the, the, the people that either were already living across multiple channels of communication to those people that pivoted quickly to expand their channels of communication to the experience you had, Tristan, and I had a very similar one where even just the standard kind of channels of communication were meager. And so like the way that they communicated back to me, the response that I had was like, these people are really not making the move that they need to make. They're waiting for things to go back to whatever normal they thought. They're trying to, they're trying to hunker down, right? And, and wait this thing out and make it so that people are gonna walk back into a store again. I think those people are going to be the most impacted and um, anybody who thinks that they have time right now to, to make that change is maybe kind of living under false pretense. I'm with you. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe they're in a COVID coma. <laughs> they are in a COVID coma. Next, next, well, next question. Here we go. How is your company culture pre COVID versus now? You know, um, this is probably one of the warmer um, positive spots from um, a personal and an employee perspective and a technology perspective. So, you know, we drink our own champagne. And, and so many of us are comfortable working uh, from anywhere on any device. Um, granted, we weren't accustomed to having the house full at the moment and um, having to set up our own, if you will, personal studios to have a more professional experience. So there's been a, a, a smidge of a learning curve there. Um, but I found um, that our, our culture has adapted well. Um, I think our leadership has done an excellent job um, uh, realizing that even if we are familiar with the technology, there are stressors, there, there is a change, there is a need to adapt. And so the human element the empathetic element, um, and I've seen this in, in many um, uh, company cultures, to make sure that people um, really uh, take the time to balance work life. Because uh, when work is right there as you get out of bed, it's very easy to have a typical nine or 10 hour day uh, expand by 1.5 to, to, you know, heaven forbid, 2x that amount. Um, so I, I find that, in short, the company culture has been open, it's been receptive, and it's also been um, willing to use technology to help empower employees. And not just our technology, 
Um, um, you know, recently, and I may get the name um, incorrect. It was is it Headspace or Mindspace? But there's a there's a meditation app um, that um, a lot, helps people just kind of decompress and take those five ten minutes to recalibrate and take a breath, step away, and come back refreshed. And um, this was something that was suggested by management, top down from the C level, um, encouraging folks and even subsidizing the uh, purchase of the app so that um, people could still adapt and get to work and, and still have some semblance of work-life balance. And, and those are the things, um, uh, you know, making sure that there are plenty of resources and education. And I think education is key, not just in selling our technology, but empowering a workforce. You know, best ways to um, stay empowered, best ways to manage a, a uh, changed workday, all of those things, I think, um, make for, to me, a, a really great uh, company culture. It's been very positive. Yeah, Excellent. Awesome. So, so you guys you guys gave all your employees headspace. Yeah. And, 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 um, and there's been a directive to, um, you know, a Friday rolls around and we've just had a very uh, stressful week. And um, surprise, surprise, um, a, a team meeting was called where everyone was ready to present the, you know, week's uh, accomplishments and come to find out that it was a surprise happy hour. Um, come to find out that a surprise holiday was, was offered um, because people were really burning the midnight candle. Um, I, I, I'm sure we're not the only ones who do this type of thing, and it's it's fairly prevalent in the Bay Area, but I'm sure it's happening nationwide. But I think it's that kind of enlightened vision of of doing what you can with the tools that you have, and and using those tools in adaptive ways. Um, some companies will get it, others, much like with that customer experience we were talking about, fail to do it, and from a business per perspective. But guess what? You know, happy cows make happy cheese. And in this case, the employees are the cows. You got to take care of them. So would you say that like uh, ultimately not not maybe expecting it to be so, but, but through COVID that maybe Ring Central has gotten better just as a culture? Would you say that it's evolved? Yeah, you know, I, I think we've we've just dialed it up. Um, I, I think we've... I, I've been in technology for a few decades, and um, it's a unique experience. It's a unique culture here um, that's kept me here for five years now. And so I would say that Ring Central um, has evolved. I think, um, you know, there are many employees at Ring Central who were not, you know, uh, embedded with the technology. Think of HR. Um, think of admins, people who have to go into the office. They're not sales road warriors. Mm -hmm. um, making sure that that learning curve dials up, making sure that IT can still remotely support um, all employees by using, yes, another plug, but it's still a worthwhile plug, our analytical tools, figuring out where are people stumbling in terms of using some features that they might not have been aware of in the past because they didn't have to use it. Um, so, so there's an opportunity for us to dive deeper because we all know, I, I mean, I love my iPhone, but there are thousands of features I've never used. I've discovered some of them, like, uh, you know, the, the dark mode that allows me to read in bed in dimmed light and doesn't prevent me from falling asleep because it's changed the dynamics for eye contact. Mm -hmm. And that was something I wasn't aware of, right? Um, 
Um, so diving deep and becoming more aware of those features, um, I think right. has helped us and our customers. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, really good stuff. Now, next question. What is your vision for the actual future of how we work? So that's a great question and I'll answer it in two parts. One is uh, I think we're still gonna see that wave of uh, transition and a continuation of adaptation. Um, I, as, as much as we love to use the phrase pivot point, I, there's, they're, they're gonna be like with every technology change, you know, your early adopters, your mainstream adopters and your laggards. And, um, and, and so um, I, I still see the deconstruction of the um, company or the workforce, um, everybody under one umbrella taking place. Um, but it'll take shape in a couple of different ways. And, and this is where my second point comes in. So we've already seen the rise of as a service workspaces and I think we'll see that adopted even more so. And so maybe it's not work from home, but work from uh, sanctioned workplaces outside of your home in your city of choice. So uh, headquarters in our, our instance is Belmont and Denver and Charlotte, North Carolina. And now you might be in DC and you go to a regional office much smaller, but you still have all the accoutrements, you still have all the technology, and you're in a different place, right? You get to put on your work hat, and then you still get to come home and 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 change those dynamics. But it's 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 a, if you will, office as a service, um, and and I think we'll see um, more of that. And, and the second thing um, I think ties into the growing gig economy, and I I like to. Um, call it, you know, Uber meets the LLC or the solopreneur. And, and so it's not the contract worker. Um, you're going to find more knowledge workers deciding that, hey, they don't want to work for, um, you know, big corporate America, but they still want to service big corporate America. And they put out their own shingle. And, you know, it's, it's Jack and Jill and a couple of friends who formed their own LLC and they contract out in, in an, a very Uber model to that company. They get to control their own destiny. They get to have a variety of clients. Um, they also get that business umbrella to work under, but they are not tied directly to um, the corporation. Um, and, and they're not a contract worker either, right? So they're not dealing with just any company that comes down uh, the pike. It's that hybrid. I think we'll see um, more adaptation from the workforce to adapt to um, what, what is a contractor gig economy. We'll see that taken up a notch. Um, and I think between those two things, that's gonna you know, allow us to still have a lot of headroom because both those environments would love to use our technology to work, you guessed it, from anywhere on any device, on any pl platform at any time. Yeah, that's that's great. And first of all, I just want to like, you know, props to be using the word accoutrement. So like in a sentence, like, like first of all, I just think that's like that's just dropping. Out there. Um, but right. I, I think that like uh, what you're saying is just so wise because you're, you're right. Like we're not over like the reinvention of of this whole process and going through it. And you know, at Acuerdo, one of the things that we've kind of been working on is our framework for you know, how you kind of 
move towards, you know, better health as an organization. One of the things that you kind of spoke to is really kind of the decoupling of people from property. I mean, you think about it, like we've always been like, well, I need to open up an office and what kind of talent that we have in this area and, you know, how are we going to fill that office and et cetera, et cetera. And now if we kind of loosen ourselves, not really bound by that construct anymore, you know, our talent pool opens up. And, and also now like we, we have an inside out architecture of how we kit out our people to be successful. Like you said, in sanctioned locations, like not necessarily anywhere, but like in these particular areas, you know, you can work from here and maybe even that even changes like what you do when you are quote there, like, what does it mean? Like, what does it mean to walk into this new office? that has been is a compilation of offices in a construct you've never seen before. I think that's awaiting us uh, out here in the very near term. For sure. And, and and because, you know, as much as we all want to believe that we can all work from our homes and that's it, nobody needs to go into the office, I beg to disagree. There's a magic that happens when humans get together. You know, I, I, I mean, musicians can produce from afar, right? But there's nothing like being in the room and, you know, to use the word gig again, to just you know, have a gig and to just let it flow. And I, and I think that magic happens. It's needed in marketing. It's needed in sales. It, it's needed in executive strategy sessions. It's needed for stuff like this. Um, and I don't think that's going anywhere. So yeah. kind of like BYOC for technology, it's like kind of BYO your, your workplace, but um, we've sanctioned um, ex excellent um, choice of phrase, those workplaces. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Those, uh, those shared workspace companies are definitely on the rise. Um, people can no longer, you know, th they can't take working from home or I call it living at work or ever. Right. So you definitely need to get out there. Uh, last question for you. What role do you play in this vision you have for the future of work? So, uh, I guess I can do that in two parts as well too, you know, personally, um, you know, this conversation ultimately boils down to adapt adaptation and um, changing with change and being um, ready to change again. Uh, I think in this state, in this case, the more things change, the more um, things will continue to change. And so for me, at a personal level, I've got to keep learning. You can't rest on your laurels. Um, we've heard this phrase many a time, you know, um, um, get busy living or get busy dying or keep you got to keep growing um and uh so from a personal perspective I, I love these conversations i love engaging with our partners and our customers because um i i get more insights in terms of use cases not only in how our technology can help a particular challenge but also i get a peek into challenges me maybe we haven't prefetched and um this is an area for product development this is an area for us to investigate um, in terms of how we can use the uh, the technology in a in a more improved way. You know, from a company perspective, I think that just um, you know uh, it just puts that that um, um, mindset on steroids. And and this is another aspect of Ring Central that I think is um, just super awesome. Um, constantly. Uh, leaning on our on our partners, our partner community, on our customers, um, having an open door in terms of getting um, feedback, and um, and and vice versa. Uh, so you know, as we learn, we help our customers learn. Um, it's not an easy adaptation process. So 
Um, we put our money where our mouth is. We have a strong team of um, customer facing employees that are there to help us take advantage of all those tools. So um, being an educator, being a teacher, um, uh, it, you know, in many ways is part of um, our, our role and part of, of, of ha handling this process of change. Uh, Tucson, I love that you said that because uh, I think I think you're spot on the money, right? Adaptability, right? You look out at like history, you see like IQ, EQ, and then there's this other one, AQ, like adaptability quotient, right? And like it's, you know, we still like how much do we even know about EQ, but we even know less about AQ, right? So we even know less about AQ adaptability quotient. And like we're just scratching the surface there of like figuring out like how do you how do you give that to somebody? How do you say, hey, you are now adaptable? Like, hey, you have the mindset, you just downloaded this AQ and you are now adaptable, right? Like that's the biggest challenge. Like how do you give that away to somebody? How do you teach somebody that? I'm with you. Couldn't agree more. And, and maybe the last thing I'll leave you with is so, you know, you, you got to play the long game, right? Whether you're a golfer or you love to watch football, it's like they're, they're, there's plenty of time in the quarter and there are four quarters in the game. Um, there are plenty of holes on this uh, uh, on this golf course. So, you, you know, be willing to be forgiving if you, you made mistakes, um, look forward, but just but just look at it as a long term game. Uh, and, and if you do that, I think everybody uh, comes out ahead. Agreed. I, we like to say that strategy will trump tactics every day of the week. And that's really what you're talking about. It's just that long-term intentionality, knowing who you are, you know, adapting to the tools, like Kyle said, um, that puts you in a position to be resistant to adverse change. Yeah, absolutely. Tuzan, th thank you so much for uh, being on the, sh on the show with us today. Uh, parting piece of guidance, parting words, anything come to mind? You know, at the end of the day, uh, it's all it's all good. You know, take a breath. It's OK. Um, uh, you know, I'll just reinforce that last uh, point. Um, there's there, it's a lot, you know. And so I think that step one is we acknowledge where we are. We do the best we can. And then we wake up tomorrow and, and have at it again. And it's conversations like these. It's companies like yours working with companies like ours. Um, you know, putting their best foot forward. And if we do that, um, we all we all win together. Thanks for having me. Well said. Thanks yeah. so much, Tuzan. Thanks for listening to Dialed In. This show is brought to you by Acuerdo.io, the world's first orchestration agency for the future of work. Go check us out at Acuerdo.io. And if nothing else, remember this, to win in life, to win in business, to win in your career, not about being the strongest, the fastest, or the most intelligent. It's simply about being the most adaptable to change, the most dialed in.